listening to the Pharmacy Podcast Network. Hey, everyone, we are back for season six of the Holistic Pharmacy Podcast. I'm your host, Marina Buxov, a functional medicine pharmacist and holistic herbal educator. I'll be sharing inspiring stories of my guests who have shifted into holistic modalities, both personally and professionally. My co-host, Dr. Jenna Carmichael, will be joining me to lead the Journal Club episodes to share an evidence-based approach to holistic and herbal medicine. I'm so glad you're here and hope you enjoy the show. I'm so excited to share this next episode with you where I got the opportunity to interview one of my students from the Build Your Holistic Herbal Practice Mentorship. Linda's personality really comes through and the level of passion she has for supporting her clients because she is walking the path alongside them. Linda Valaza is a seasoned NASM certified nutrition and lifestyle coach with over 28 years of experience in creating individual fitness and nutrition programs uniquely designed to meet clients' personal needs and health and wellness goals. She's leveraging her experience as a pharmacist to help chronic disease patients by reviewing medications and recommending supplements, as well as helping them make dietary and exercise changes to obtain better health. She continually exceeds expectations by creating valuable partnerships and works well with people at all levels of the organization, including stakeholders, customers, vendors, and team members. Linda is also the mother of four kids, married to Steve for 30 years, and has completed two full marathons after the autoimmune disease diagnosis. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Holistic Pharmacy Podcast. I have with me a very dear friend and colleague and a student of mine. Her name is Linda Velaza, and she's a pharmacist and the owner and founder of The Exercise Prescription. So I am so excited to have you here, Linda. Hi, Marina. I'm excited to be here, actually. Yeah, so welcome to the show. I would love to get started and ask you a question I ask all my guests. So how did you get into pharmacy in the first place? Tell us about where you grew up, what this meant to you, and how did your journey begin? Okay, well, it was quite a while ago, actually, but um, I've been a pharmacist. I graduated in 1992 from Rutgers. Um, I love learning about the human body and everything it can do. I love learning about medicine. I love learning about everything like that. So I I was always fascinated on all that stuff. And I absolutely hate blood and gore. Okay. (laughs) Hate it, hate it, hate it. I'm the one who hits the floor when somebody's bleeding. Like it is not good for me. So I wanted to get into something medical, but although I have the brain, I always said I had the brains to be a doctor. I don't have the stomach. So, um, I found pharmacy and I thought it was really cool because I happen to really kind of like drugstores. I know that's a little weird, but they have all kinds of neat things in them. So, you know, know, so I always kind of liked seeing what they have, cool cosmetics, nice, interesting things, whatever. So it seemed like a great way to get into medicine, the medicine field. Um, At the time, it was only five years of school. So that wasn't too bad. (laughs) I could afford to do that. Um, And it had really great, um, it was at the time, it was also really easy to get a job. I mean, people were just coming at you hand over fist for jobs. So, you know, it was just sounded perfect. And I've been doing it since 1992. 
Wow. Yeah, that's quite a long journey. So I love drugstores as well. I guess maybe it's a weird pharmacist thing, <laughs> but I always go to like uh, pharmacies, you know, local pharmacies when I travel and see, you know, how it's different in other places and other countries or like tr more traditional apothecaries. I love going and visiting those. And as you know, um, you know, I'm a student, a perpetual student and teacher of herbalism. So I do think that our roots are so intertwined and it's just fascinating to see, you know, where that history is and how the herbalist became the pharmacist. Um, so I would love to know, Linda, what you did after graduation. Where, where did you go, um, you know, for employment? You said everybody was kind of offering hand and foot. So um, what did you decide to do at, right out of school? Well, I went just I went for retail pharmacy. Weirdly enough, I know a lot of pharmacists, it's like we'll think of it as like the dregs of the profession, but um I I enjoy it. It's you know, not as much anymore, I will tell you that. It's changed a lot in 30 years. Um, but at the time, you know, you built such nice relationships with your customers and you know, I I just have so many great stories of people I've helped and it was so fun and Really, honestly, they always said in pharmacy school, I remember them saying, are you going to be bored? All you're going to, uh, let me just tell you, there is nothing boring about retail. We train <laughs> the boredom in retail. <laughs> you, know? you never know what's going to happen next. So uh, part of the, and part of the thing was to get through pharmacy school. I actually um, did a, uh, took a job with a chain. It was called Thrift Drug, which probably not that many people remember. Hopefully somebody does. Um, and for every year I work with them, they gave me some scholarship money. So I was kind of an indentured servant, I guess, to them when I got out. So I had to do three years with them. So I started working for them as a, first as a staff pharmacist. And then I worked on district staff, which my job was training new pharmacists. We were doing a lot of acquisitions at the time. So I was doing a lot of training that way. Uh, from there, um, I was also responsible for um, people calling out sick and stuff like that for like 40 stores. It was terrible. But <laughs> yeah, it's not fun. Um, so and from there, I was uh, I became a manager of one of the stores and then I got pregnant and I had my first daughter. So at that time, I didn't want to work full time anymore. I'm married. My husband works full time. So I moved down to part time and um the chain was bought out by another chain and they, I was job sharing with someone and they said, well, we don't think we're going to let you do this anymore. So I said, well, maybe I should look for another job. And I opened the newspaper because that's how you look for a job at the time. Yeah. <laughs> this is 1996. <laughs> and there was a pharmacy um, five miles from my house that was hiring. And I took that job in 97 and I've been there ever since as a part-time pharmacist. So <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. And is, how was that experience different from the chain pharmacy? Not as different as it would be today. Okay. At the time, I will say that Thrift Drug as a chain had a very, um, they were very into pharmacists. Um, the pharmacist was a store manager, the district manager was a pharmacist, and everything was run by the pharmacist. And, you know, we were doing things, you know, even though we were a chain, we didn't turn down compounds. We were supposed to do compounds. Like we did compounding, we did everything, you know. So it, moving to um this other pharmacy was not that different because I was really used to being in customer service. Now, from what I'm hearing, it's not like that at all. You know, I mean, so there's a lot of metrics, but at the time there wasn't stuff like that. So you didn't have to do any of that. So it was pretty similar. 
Um, I've been where I've at so long. I, I have cashiers that work for me now and techs that work for me now that I remember when they were born, which is a little scary. <laughs> wow. Yeah. <laughs> Surreal. Yeah. But I enjoy where I work. It's a, it's a really nice place. It really is. It's, you know, it's a family owned pharmacy. We're, we're the same people who work there forever. We're kind of a little like a dysfunctional cult or something, but you know, <laughs> it, it's a good place to work. It really is. <laughs> I love that. I love when I hear from people and especially pharmacists that they love their job and where they're at. And I really do think that the people are the most important thing. So, you know, just spending all that time with coworkers, right? I mean, if you think about it, you spend more time with them than with family sometimes. (laughs) So you better choose. This is your chosen family in a way. Right. (laughs) So it just, you know, I've, I've always done retail at this point. I've gotten to the point, I don't know if I could really do anything else. Um, but, you know, working in a family pharmacy is nice. And we do a lot of specialty things. So we are the local source in my area for everything you can't find anywhere else. Uh, you know, yeah. you know uh, and cleaning up everybody's messes. How does that sound? <laughs> you know, uh, you know. I don't know. Right now there's an Adderall shortage going on. So everybody says, oh, call Hassel Pharmacy. You know, I don't want to really do all the Adderall that's out there, but that's what's going on right now. Um, We do some compounding. We're not a compounding pharmacy. We don't have a hood or anything like that. But we do basic stuff like nifedipine and aquaphor, if you're familiar with that. Um, Some diaper rash cream, stuff like Mm -hmm. that. You know, we do some stuff like that. We'll make things into liquid, uh, but not you know, real advanced. We're not really making suppositories or anything like that anymore. Although we have in the past. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. It's all about the return on your investment and how much time you can dedicate. And if it makes sense and that's like what you have to consider as a business owner and you are doing something else. You're also running your own business and you're the founder and owner of the exercise prescription. So tell us how that got started. Well, several ways. First of all, I, I've always loved to exercise. I got more and more into it as I got older. Um, I wasn't one of these super athletic people growing up that was played every sport or anything like that. But um, I'm really, I, I really got more and more enjoyment out of it as I got older. So, and then as you're working in a retail pharmacy all day, you see these people when they have, you know, everyone you see has chronic conditions, basically. So, um, and you know, like you're talking to somebody who's just diagnosed with a uh, type two diabetes. And you're thinking to yourself, well, I can help that, you know, like I can really help that, you know, but then they might turn around and go to a gym or something and they'll meet a trainer and that trainer is 25 and lives with their parents. And, you know, it's totally into looking great all the time and doesn't, you know, have the kind of stresses on them that maybe they have and they don't get it. And where they show up and the person just says to do all this crazy exercise stuff, which they're not ready for, and they get hurt or discouraged and they quit. So what I really wanted to uh, try to do is aim my business at people who need help that don't know where to start. Uh, I don't know, you want to say dumb it down or just bring it down to their level to get them up to where they are. So that's part of it because I see people confused by it every day and the doctors don't really know exercise. Um, they try, they don't have a lot of time. So there's that. And then I also, um, I have an autoimmune disease myself. So that uh, is where I tend to focus because um, 
you know, I've learned a lot how to deal with it. And I find exercise very important to me in dealing with it. Yeah, thank you so much for sharing. And, you know, I think this brings up so many important points about how sometimes life throws curveballs at you. And, you know, you're kind of just dealt these cards and you're supposed to do something about them. And like you said, even going to the doctor, they have their own specialty and area of focus, but they don't know everything there is to know or all the ways to support, you know, because they're not, you know, a PhD in, you know, perhaps fitness or um, movement, right? And they have their own specialty a lot of the times. And even if they specialize in autoimmune conditions, there's so many of them out there. And then there is a lot of confusion in the sports and wellness and athletic space that, you know, there's a balance, right? You can't push your body so, you know, hard if, especially if you have a debilitating or chronic condition, but at the same time, movement is life and you need to sort of um, understand where you can push your body to and what are the limits. And, you know, I don't think anybody kind of naturally knows. I mean, if we we don't really live a natural life anymore. So movement is not as natural as it should be, perhaps. So I think this is so important and so necessary and to meet people where they're at, like you said. And, you know, it's not about dumbing or anything like that. It's about like, well, what does the person understand? What is the person motivated to do? What is the person um, willing to do also? Because sometimes, you know, if they're not willing to do something, then you can talk for hours, but you won't really change it. But, um, you know, I think education is where you start. So um, maybe when they know enough, they can become willing enough. Yeah. Yeah. And you have to make it fun. I mean, you know, part of exercise... I always say, you know, everybody's like, what's the best exercise? And I'm like, what's the one you'll do? You know, <laughs> you know, um, you have to enjoy it. Um, you have to find what you like um, and how to deal with that. So, yeah, I don't mean to say it was dumbing down. I'm just saying if you go into a gym and your trainer says, you know, okay, you're, for your workout today, the first thing we're going to do is 50 burpees. Uh, you know, I don't do burpees now, you know, <laughs> like... You know, I hate them. Like, (laughs) and you walk out of there and and you can't move for three days. Like, that's not good. Or if in case of an autoimmune disease, let's say you set off a flare. I mean, that's really not good. You know, so, you know, how do you deal with that? How do you deal with learning how to adjust for your body? You know, the thing is, like, you know, when you're in a movement based disorder, if you have something like rheumatoid arthritis or psoriatic arthritis or something, you do need to move. That's like one of the best things you can do. But how do you do that safely without ending up, you know, totally debilitated? Yeah, absolutely. So how did you kind of get more joy during your workouts? And how did you said that? I remember you saying that you actually started enjoying exercise as you got older. So how did that process look for you? And how did you become an expert in supporting people with autoimmune conditions? Well, I think it it started, it's probably my husband's fault. <laughs> he would hate to say this because he hates when I disappear for hours. <laughs> but, um, uh, my, it started a while ago when my second daughter was born, which was, she's 22 now. But anyway, um, 
uh, he got me a treadmill. <laughs> so I started playing around walking and running on the treadmill because I had babies at home, so I couldn't go outside. And then uh, I made some friends and they said, oh my gosh, you have to come, you can run three miles, you can, you have to come run this race. And I so did not want to do it because I was terrified I would come in dead last. I mean, really, <laughs> you know. Um, so I, they talked me into it and I came in like in the upper half of people, which was amazing to me. I had no idea I could come in the upper half, you know. So uh, I decided, wow, I love running. So I started running. And so I did a lot of running. I still love to run. That's still my favorite form of exercise. Sometimes uh, I now have four kids. Um, so <laughs> uh, I swear that sometimes I go out for a run just to get away from everyone. You know, <laughs> But, um, you know, actually most of them are grown now. But uh, it, it's just I started really enjoying it. So then I started looking into how can I help these people um, because I love this so much. How can I help these people who don't know where to start learn? So I decided to get certified as a personal trainer. So uh, I did that. And then I took a job in a gym. And the gym was is um, based with a hospital. So it had a lot of programs to deal with people with multiple medical conditions. They had small group training for that. I got wonderful, wonderful experience there. Really great. And I worked there for a couple of years and I loved it. I would I would still work there if I could set my own hours and come and go as I please, like I do now. Yeah. <laughs> you know. So I I started working there, loved it. Um, worked there for two years and then decided to go out on my own. So that's kind of how I ended up here. Uh, but I always like to help people that need help like that need the most help. I mean, it's so much fun to start out with somebody who doesn't know much about exercise because when you do, you see uh, such great strides in the beginning, how much they love it and you make it fun for them and and they make it makes such a difference, you know, that yeah. that makes me happy. So <laughs> Yeah, exactly. And I was just going to comment on the fact that you went sort of out on a limb, like you got this additional training has nothing to do with pharmacy. And, you know, you got this additional job that also seemingly ha is not related, but I mean, it is all related to health and helping people. Yeah. Well, I always say it in an, uh, in an ideal world, you would have you and you would have your doctor and you would have maybe uh, a dietitian that would help you and an exercise person and maybe a massage therapist and maybe a regular therapist. And they would all work in one big circle and they would work on you. But it doesn't really work like that anymore. Uh, what's helpful with me, with my business is as we're talking about exercise and doing exercise, we're also talking about other things you can do, um, consulting about your medications and how they help. You know, um, I can offer insight on that based on, you know, knowledge, real knowledge, not just, you know, Google searches. Um, and then I also went ahead and got a certification in um, nutrition because from Precision Nutrition is the company, uh, just to learn a little bit more about how to support people in their nutrition things. Because I see a lot of crazy diets and fad things, and I'm not a big fan of that. So I'm really not. I mean, I like to eat. We were just talking about this yesterday and it work. <laughs> I like to eat. I'm not big on restrictive diets. I like whole food, you know, and I'm not going to tell somebody never to look at a carb again. I mean, that's just silly to me, you know? 
Yeah, here, here. I mean, we have three macronutrients. It's It does seem silly to cut one completely out or demonize one. Or, you know, we are supposed to have a balanced diet. That's what it's all about. So um, I'd love to know how did this play a role in your personal life and your personal health? You know, you mentioned that you had an autoimmune condition. How are you able to balance, you know, having a pharmacy career on the one hand and then doing this uh, business, right, with the uh, with the coaching and personal training? And now you're building an online business. You have four kids. Um, so how do you manage it all? Uh as well as I can, I guess. Nobody, you know, nobody, there's no secret. I mean, we're all just trying our best, right? Uh, I've been very fortunate. I mean, I, I still work part-time at the pharmacy, but um, because my training was going so well with other people, I had so many, you know, it was getting too busy. So I'm down to only working one day a week and then one Sunday a month. So uh, I'm still in there, but I'm not there as much. So that's nice. Um, I love doing one-on-one -on -one personal training. That's my favorite. It's just getting to know people. It's it's so much more fun once you've been training somebody for a long time because you can just be totally goofy and totally yourself. So uh, it's kind of no holds barred. So I love doing that. Um, the only problem is, you know, with that, you're totally limited to your area, first of all, and the amount of hours in the day, you know? So I'm trying to do a little bit more with online. Uh, I really believe wholeheartedly in the fact that you need exercise, a healthy diet, and sometimes you also need pharmaceutical med medications. You need all of it to be healthy. Uh, I myself, um, when I, I have ulcerative colitis, so I got really sick. Uh, it was a while ago. It was probably 20 years ago almost, but um, I just fell off a cliff and I was so sick and I was sick for years. I mean, really sick where it just totally affected my life. And I had to play with a lot of things like trying sub, you know, medic, different medications. I've been on a lot of them <laughs> and then balancing that out with uh, some supplements, exercise, what dietary changes I needed to make. And I finally found what works for me that keeps me in remission. And I just keep a I keep a close eye on it. So if I see, you know, usually it's the diet that trips me up. I, I start to like go a little off the rails <laughs> and, and I, I can see when things start to, to get worse. And then I, I back off and I, I get real strict with it again. But what I want to do is I'm telling people, you know, just because I say something worked for me, doesn't necessarily mean it's the answer for everyone who has ulcerative colitis or everyone who has an autoimmune disease, but you need to, have someone help guide you through the process of finding what supplements, what exercise, what works for you. We, you have to try different things, make notes of what happened and, and go from there. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. If you were to kind of look back, and I know you mentioned diet is a big trigger for you, but what do you think made like the most profound difference for you in your healing journey? It's probably diet. Diet is the thing that puts me over the edge. Um, I can get so far with pharma pharmace pharmaceutical medications. I can't even say it. Um, and uh, I, I get to a certain point, but I couldn't get the whole way to better where I didn't have to worry about it most days. Um, so if I, for me, it's a gluten-free diet. I have to follow a gluten-free diet. Um, I don't have to be as strict as someone who said, you know, 
as a celiac person, but you know, I'm not worried about it in the air or contamination, but I really need to follow that to stay healthy. So that, and it took me a long time to get my head around that. I mean, I went on and off it about a bazillion times before I was like, wow, I really need to do this because this is really what keeps me in remission. Yeah. And did you do any kind of testing or was it more like trial and error? Uh, did some testing. I never really got much from the tests, to tell you the truth. I did, uh, I'm, was it ALCAT testing? Is that what it is? An allergen testing? Have you ever heard of that? It, it yeah, the allergen. Mm -hmm. And uh, nothing really turned up. <laughs> so, you know, um, so nothing really kind of set off bells. Um, I was kind of led to the gluten-free diet by um, some of my other relatives who also have uh, either ulcerative colitis or Crohn's. And they said, listen, this worked for us. It doesn't necessarily show up on the testing, but it works for us. And they were right. It worked for me too. So that's kind of how I ended up like that. But like I said, there's times I'll go off and, and then I'm like, oh, I got to get back to it. <laughs> Yeah, because just like we were saying, it's difficult to cut out like whole food groups and gluten is in a lot of things like it, it seems like it's just one ingredient, but it's in a lot of things that we like and that we're used to having <laughs> and in yes. a lot of baked goods and processed things and, you know, probably things we shouldn't eat anyway, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. I always say I'm like like gluten-free pizza is just like the worst I'm sorry <laughs> you know I live in New Jersey we have good pizza here but the gluten-free stuff is like pizza on a cracker I mean <laughs> yeah yeah so, you know but that's part of it um I have a couple supplements I found through trial and error that I need you know some of them are very basic um that's kind of what fits in with you know Kind of some of the work I've been doing with you, which is more and more of experimenting, you know, with herbalism and things like that. And I've been having a ton of fun with that and the different teas and making things. So, you know, that's been fun. <laughs> yeah, I'm so happy. I saw you making those marshmallows the other day. The real <laughs> kind. <laughs> yeah, they, they were kind of a fail, by the way. <laughs> They're not as fluffy. <laughs> They're not. No, I think they, I got the recipe online. I don't think the bake time was right, truthfully. <laughs> it tasted kind of burned. I don't know. But I've been having a lot of fun, you know, with the different, um, the golden chai latte, which I just love. I'm like totally addicted to that. So having a lot of fun with that. So, but the most important thing I can say is when you have an autoimmune disease, sometimes you get to this point and you just, I mean, I was there. I was there for 10 years. I mean, that I couldn't, you know, you're crying. You can't even think to yourself how you'll ever get out of it, you know? So you never see, you're thinking, is this how I'm going to be forever? You know, and, and it's it's kind of super depressing and super awful. And what you do is you start taking small steps. And eventually, and it takes a while, you get to a point and you look back and you're like, wow, I can't believe I survived that. You know, I can't believe I made it through. Like, I'm so much better now. And I, I didn't even see it happening because I always say to people, you know, you don't get better this way. You get better this way. <laughs> you know, So, you know, it takes and it takes a long time. So that's the one thing I, I want to tell people is, you know, don't give up. And most people, um, they give up too soon. You know, you have to start 
it takes, it's a process. It takes patience. But uh, one of the things I'm working with is an exercise program to get people started. So that's what I'm really excited to be promoting. Um, you know, I like I like doing everything. Believe me, I'll do it all. <laughs> but I have uh, started doing an online program for people. So. Yeah, I love that. And I completely agree about the healing journey and also like a business journey might look the same way where, you know, there's just a dance of progress and then a step back and then some more progress. Um, and I have definitely been there as well. Um, so there are definitely things that we can't control, right? Like having a disease, sometimes you don't, you don't know which factors, right? Plague, whether it's genetics or epigenetics or whatever the case is. And sometimes, you know, maybe it is preventable, but you, you didn't know that. Right. Um, and so, once you have the disease, it's a matter of managing it, you know, to the best of your ability. And so in some cases, uh, it can be 100% reversible for depending on when you catch it and what it is and lots of different factors. So um, in your case, what can, what can you say about, you know, what really helped pull you out of that really dark place where you were just questioning, you know, is this my life now? Um, well, there's something to be said for having four kids and being so busy. You can't even like, you just can't succumb. I mean, it just, it's to a certain extent, it's just not an option. You know, you still have to get them to their places. And, uh, when I first got sick, I only had three kids <laughs> and I had a fourth. Um, and it was just, there's something to be said for you just have to keep, I, we talk about it at work. We talk about moving through. You just, you know, you have to keep moving. You, you, you can't ever stop. So, you know, you have to kind of balance resting and things like that. But I guess I just, I couldn't imagine that I couldn't, I couldn't imagine that this was it, you know, <laughs> I guess I'm a bit of an optimist. My friends always say I am, so <laughs> that I'm always optimistic. I'm always like, no, it'll get better. So I had to believe. I once said to my doctor, we were talking about it, and I'm like, I just keep hoping one day it'll all go away. <laughs> and she's like, well, that's very optimistic. I'm like, well, one day it all started. Why can't it one day it all go away, you know? <laughs> Yeah, I think you have to be an optimist to get through life because the alternative is, you know, really depressing. So, yeah. so you you hope we have a saying, um, hope dies last. So it's like the one thing that you can hold on to, even if other things are failing you, but you still have that light of hope. And, you know, in your case, um, your family really did pull you out because not that they could physically maybe help you, but the idea that they were depending on you, you had your family, you know, waiting on you and needing you and your support was, was what helped pull you out and kept you optimistic. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And, and some of it, like I said, is just my personality. You know, I, I was joking with somebody the one day I said something about, Oh, that won't happen to me because bad things like that just don't happen to me because I don't think they will. <laughs> Yeah, but it's, you know, to a certain extent, that's true. Um, but I, I just think, yeah, you just have to keep going. And I remember being so sick one time, and I've been with the same doctor pretty much the whole time, and she's wonderful, really like her. And um, she was always willing to try new things, and she's great. And, 
you know, through this 10 years of being really sick, there was times I knew I was getting really, really sick and I wouldn't call her. And then she'd make me go get blood work. And she'd call me back and be like, why didn't you tell me you were this sick? And I'll be like, well, <laughs> you know, I like to deny that I'm that sick. You know? <laughs> so uh, I remember one time going in for one of the many procedures and coming out and she's saying, yes, your disease is still pretty active and maybe we need to talk about surgery. And I said, well, I don't have time for that. And, and I, and I was crying and I said, you know, the one thing I always thought of doing, and I always thought was really cool, which this is a little bit of my psycho brain, but I always wanted to run a marathon. I told her, and I, and I'm, I'm feeling like I'll never get to do that. I really do. And then as I slowly got better, uh, in 2017, I ran my first marathon and I ran another one in 2019. And if New York, ever lets me into the New York City Marathon, I'll run that one. But that's the only other one I'll ever do because it's really far. But anyway, but I remember calling her after that weekend and I hadn't told her I was training or anything. And I think whenever I called her, she was afraid I was going to spring something on her. Like, you know, I was halfway to dead or something. And uh, she called and she goes, what? And I'm like, oh, I just have to tell you, I just ran my first marathon and I thought she was going to explode. She was so happy. So I said, you know, I'm, I'm feeling good. Like, you know? Yeah. I love that. And I love the theme of movement, right? Like figuratively and literally like that's what is keeping you going and that's what lights yes. you up. Um, so I really see that coming through and thank you so much for sharing that. I think it will speak to a lot of people because no matter what you have been through or what you're going through, you know, there's ups and downs in life and you know, like I said, I think the only way we can keep dealing with it is to remain optimistic and to do whatever is in our control and our power to control things um, and then let go and surrender to the things that you can't control. So I would love to talk to you a little more about your online offer and your business. But before we get there, why don't you tell us how you built up your physical exercise training business, you know, word of mouth referrals. And now, you know, you're so busy, you can't even manage or take on new clients. So tell us about that. Uh, a lot of it is word of mouth and referrals. It really is. Um, you know, one person to the next person, I've had a lot of luck. Um, I think I, I first started, um, you know, actually, one of my best clients were people I knew from the pharmacy. And their kids were getting married and we were gossiping about the wedding and all this stuff. And I had just launched my online business and all the problems with the wedding. And I just turned to the mom and I said, okay, well, here's the biggest problem you have. And she's like, what? And I go, how are we going to make you look smoking hot for this wedding? You know? <laughs> Which is totally not like my bag. I usually don't do things like this. <laughs> and she's like, I don't know. And I'm like, well, come on, we got to start exercising. So and they've been one of my best sources of referrals. They've referred several people to me. So, you know, it's just a lot of times it's that. Um, I did some things through some different websites and stuff that get you referrals that you pay for. Uh, right now, I don't have anything live on any of those websites because it's just I don't really have the space to accommodate anybody. So nice. And what does the process look like? You know, you get a client, you build out a plan. Um how long do you generally work with clients? And is it like just a fee for service or payment per hour? Or do you have like packages? I do have packages and things. A lot of my clients right now are fee for service by hour. Um, you know, so that's something we do. 
um, you know, and I go to their homes and I drag all my stuff with me. Some of them, I'm lucky enough that they have a lot of stuff of their own. I don't, you know, if you're one of these people that likes to buy exercise equipment like I do, <laughs> um, a lot of people have a lot of stuff at home. So, you know, I use their stuff and that kind of stuff. So it just is, you know, I go in and I do what's called a functional movement screen. And what that is, it's, it's I didn't invent it. I learned how to do it at the gym. Um, but it takes you through uh, several movement screenings and sees how you're moving. And then we talk about your history, your injury history, any other, your exercise history, what you like, what you don't like, because, you know, and what your goals are. And I'm always trying to get people to tell me, do you have an exercise goal? Because a lot of women, they, they want to, you know, a lot of people have a weight goal, which is fine, but um, sometimes it's fun to say, okay, well, what about an exercise goal? So my one good client, he's on his 60th birthday, he wanted to do five unassisted pull-ups. He's never done a pull-up in his life. And he did them. <laughs> you know, we got him there. Wow. And, uh, so we programmed him for that. So, you know, just talking to people and seeing what they like, you know, and I'm talking to people, the people I'm talking to are not, you know, um, competition models or anything like that. They're not marathon runners. I'm looking at them and I'm saying, well, what, you know, what do you want to accomplish? And it might be something so simple as uh, I want to get on the floor and play with my grandkids and then stand back up without hauling myself up on a chair. I mean, do you know how many people you probably don't, but a lot of older people are afraid to go down on the ground. They can't get up. I mean, that's a huge, you can make such a huge difference in someone's life. So that's kind of where I start with, with that and find out what they like we talk a lot about what they like because I don't, you know, I want you to like it, you know? So if you want like to lift big, heavy things, we'll do that. If you like a little bit more cardio bent, we'll do that. You know, it, they, they have to like what they're doing. I love that. And we're coming back to our earlier theme of joy and <laughs> so your spirit is really shining through right now because you are helping people find their joy through movement and exercise. And I love that you're taking it to a bigger platform and now making it available online so that you don't physically have to be there, but you can accomplish much of the same thing. Um, of course, it's nice to be in person and we yeah. all miss that right during the pandemic, but also this is more resilient for you as a business um, right. so that if there are ever any physical restrictions again um, and face-to-face -face restrictions that you could still have a business online. So you know, tell us about like, what is really motivating and driving you to get this out? Why is this important? And why should people get moving? Because I just see people just don't know where to start. And they're lost and they're in pain. And and nobody starts where at the level they need to start at, you know, and, you know, the advice they get is, is good advice, if you're already very mobile, and if you're already in shape, but it's, it's not great advice, if you're not, I mean, and the other thing with an autoimmune disease is what sets off a flare if you have an autoimmune disease? Stress, right? And what is exercise? Well, it's stress, right? So how do we balance that? You know, we can't give you too much stress or we don't want to set you in a flare. We have to give you just enough that you can build on it. So that's, you know, what's driving me is to show people how to get started, where to begin, you know, because they don't know where to begin. And, you know, that's what's driving me, you know, and so many of these 
exercise programs and things you see online, or I get a lot of videos and things about exercise and I'll be like, Oh, do this core workout. And, you know, and then I'll see the moves and I'll be like, well, I'm not going to do that. That's going to make my back hurt. I mean, you know, I would never give that to a beginner, you know? <laughs> yeah. I love that. It's like, you don't know what you don't know. And right. also I think a lot of people just take their body for granted. And so, like you said, you know, getting down on the floor and like people don't even think some people that don't have that problem, right. Wouldn't even think like, this is a big deal. And so meeting people where they're at is so important and underestimated. And I think stress is also misunderstood because it's not that the stress is always bad. It's our response to the stress and how we perceive the stress. And that's why training and giving our body just the right amount, like you said, like the use stress, the normal amount of stress actually trains us to become more resistant and resilient to any other stress. And so like, if we are consistently increasing our workouts, then our muscles can get larger and support that, um, you know, the energy production and everything that goes onto it and circulation and everything that um, our body actually needs to get stronger. Exactly. So yeah, I'm not necessarily talking about, you know, you don't have to want to run a marathon. I don't want anybody to think I make, I've never made anyone run. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) What I like to do, but I always laugh because I always say, you know, people come to me and be like, Oh, I love Zumba class. I'm like, well then go to Zumba class. I hate Zumba class. Okay. I'm so uncoordinated. Other people get injured when I do Zumba. Okay. So like, I'm never going to go to a Zumba class, but that doesn't mean it's not a good workout. So what can we do to get you there? What can we do so that if, you know, your grandkids are over and they want to go to the park, you can walk to the park and push them on the swings and goof around with them and be able to do all that. Or in the case of like a lot of these autoimmune diseases, they're not your grandkids, they're your kids. How, how can we just face every day and be able to do whatever and not think about it you know and that's where I want people to be (laughs) yeah you want it to be second nature you don't want it you kind of want it to be for granted you don't want it to be like or yes you know awesome well Linda I had so much fun recording this um episode and interviewing you and I'd love to do a quick rapid fire round okay All right. My first question for you is what is your number one tip that anyone can do if they're just starting out exercising? Uh, Can I pick two? (laughs) Okay. You you can get two. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Definitely do some deep diaphragmatic breathing every day to calm down your stress level. And the other thing is just walking and it can just be to the mailbox and back if that's where you're at. I mean, if you know, anybody can do that. I love that. And let's just do one to two rounds of diaphragmatic breathing together just to showcase that. Okay. Well, can I explain? I can't do it while I'm breathing. So I just want to explain to people, you want to put your hands on your belly and you want to breathe in and you want your belly to really expand the whole way. So you want to make yourself get a big fat belly and then you want to exhale and push it all out. And you really want to take your time with it, you know, count to five in your head or with wherever you're at. So you can't see my stomach. That's good. But, (laughs) um, But basically you want to just 
Okay, wait. I have to... <laughs> I yeah, so inhale and inflate the stomach. Inhale and inflate. So really feel your hands and everything and feel your whole everything inflated up into your chest, all around, into your back, and then exhale completely. So let's just do two of them. So you want to. And do you recommend breathing in through the mouth and out through the, I'm sorry, in through I the usually, nose? I usually do in through the nose and out through the mouth, but I, I wouldn't get too hung up on any of it, okay? Some of the reason I'm doing that that way right now is I have a little bit of a cold, so <laughs> I don't want this to get ugly. <laughs> yeah, I, I do that too. I, I breathe in through my nose and out through my mouth when I'm yeah. intentionally breathing. Okay, so you want to do a few rounds of that. And Apple has actually, if you have an Apple Watch or anything, they have a little reminder to do it. So that's a good thing to do. Or you just want to wake up in the morning and take five minutes, you know, a minute to take five great big deep breaths. That's very important. I love that. All right, uh, question number two is, what is the number one thing that you always make sure to do in your day to bring some joy? Oh, um, I guess I try and always get outside. I like to go outside. I mean, even, you know, when it's not nice out, I, I hate being cooped up in the house. Yeah, I think that's one thing that like pet owners, especially dog owners have to do for their dogs yes. and then they do it for themselves. And even smoking, like as bad as smoking is, smoking, I think for some people is just like a way to get outside and get your breathing in, even though it's horrible. <laughs> but... I, <know. laughs> I often say that at work. How come they get cigarettes break? I need to just go outside and take <laughs> yeah. a break without the cigarette, you know? <laughs> exactly. We need the mental health outside break. <laughs> All right, Linda. And my third question for you is what's your favorite gluten-free treat? Oh, well, hmm. I know it's not pizza. No, it's not pizza. I mean, a lot of the baked goods are really good. I love blueberry muffins. I'll just make them at home. Um, <laughs> you know, it doesn't mean they're good for you. See, I think gluten-free has gotten a really crazy wrap like that. Like it's healthy. There's a lot of really unhealthy things that are gluten-free. I mean, you know, I love fudge like you get at the Jersey Shore. There is nothing healthy about fudge, but there is no gluten in it. It's just butter and sugar. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> oh, butter has a bad rap too, which I disagree with, but <laughs> perhaps <laughs> if it, yeah. Yeah, the, all the sugar too is not so great. So I love stuff like that, you know. But I, as far as cooking every day, I don't really have much trouble with it. So Awesome. Well, Linda, why don't you tell everybody how they can get in touch with you? Where can they connect with you and learn more about your online program? Uh, okay. So you can go to my website, which is exerciseprescriptionlv.com, uh, you know, and you can set up an appointment with me there. Uh, you can also contact me on Facebook or on Instagram. I'm on both of those. Um, and follow me. I try and post every day little tips. Sometimes there'll be little exercise tips featuring me or whatever and doing stuff like that. So I just want to tell everybody that this program I'm promoting, the, the autoimmune, it's called Intro to Exercise. Anyone can do it. It really is for you. I don't know how many people have said to me, well, I can't do one of these programs until I get into better shape. See, this is the program to start you at the bottom, okay? It doesn't take a lot of time. It doesn't 
take a lot of equipment. Parts of it you can do at home in your pajamas. I mean, you don't even need specialized clothes. Um, so we're not talking a huge commitment, hours and hours every day. It is five days a week. It's a three-week program. Uh, no more than 30 minutes a day. And it changes every day, so what you're doing, so. I love that because I always get bored and I need like new routines on the daily. So that's awesome. Yeah. I think sometimes boredom is why people hire me to come to their house. <laughs> I think I'm very entertaining because I talk the entire time they're training. You know? Love it. Love it. Well, yeah, you certainly have a but, you know, personality. That's part of Yeah. Well, that's one of my favorite things to do is, that, you know, and that's why a lot of the people I keep training, because a lot of people just need that accountability of someone to come to their house every day and be like, oh, we're working out right now, you know, and this is what you're doing. Um, most people, that's kind of my bread and butter, really. Uh, the nice thing about the online program is you're going to be sending me daily check-ins and any questions, so I'll be able to review them uh, and get back to you within 24 hours and answer any questions you can have. So just in case you run into trouble with something or you can't do something, uh, I think most of the exercises are accessible for everyone. Um, but if they're not, we'll, we'll come up with something else. There's always something else. So love it. Yeah. So there's that accountability piece, even though you're doing this, uh, self-paced, Yes, yes. You know, you are still able to get in touch with me. It's not totally like something you throw in the corner. You're definitely getting some, you know, feedback on your things and you can question things and stuff like that. And you'll hear back from me. Awesome. Well, thank you again, Linda, for coming on the show and sharing your bubbly, joyful <laughs> personality on here. And hopefully we brought some smiles to people's days today. And um, I will see you in class soon. Yes, I'll see you in class soon. Thanks, Marina. Bye. Bye. Thank you for tuning in to the Holistic Pharmacy Podcast. I truly hope you enjoyed listening to this episode as much as we enjoyed creating it. If you learned something new from it, I'd love if you could leave us a five-star review and share it with a friend who might love it too. You can find me on any of the podcast and social media platforms by looking up Holistic Pharmacist or Dr. Marina Booksov. Thank you for your support and see you next time.